Falling in love is kind of like a form of socially acceptable insanity. <laughs> Welcome back to another week of Beers, Beats and Battlestar Galactica, where usually we talk about the sci-fi original series Battlestar Galactica, but this week, Lisa, we are going to be doing something different. Yes, indeed. But artificial intelligence related. Yes. Ooh, in the grander scheme or wider scheme of um, mm. AI content. I think it's really great. I think it's um, awesome to look at a different sort of world, if you will, mm-hmm. and, and kind of approach the questions that we've been um, looking at all season mm-hmm. to it a different also context. Gives us like a little bit of, this is like our little nap between, <laughs> you know, seasons of Battlestar Galactica um, because, you know, the second season, Lisa, is a lot longer than the first season. Yes. So yeah. as we steal ourselves for what what is to come, um, I think it's nice to take a little dip out. And I mean, I'm excited because this is one of my favourite films, but, you know, we're, um, we're going to be dipping into the film Her by Spike Jones. Um, it was made in 2013, so it's a few years old now, but still, you know, contemporary mm-hmm. um we're not really going to do like a beat by beat because there isn't a lot of beats at least on a plot level in this oh, there's film great tunes though they're great tunes mm. beautiful music um so i think maybe we'll just like really high level talk about the plot and then let's talk let's discuss what we thought of it does mm-hmm. that sound good sounds good to me all right um so i've pulled the synopsis and i'm just going to abbreviate it but um, it's set in Los Angeles. Um, we it's, it's in the near future, and we meet this guy Theodore, who's very kind of introverted. He's quite lonely, and he works for a business where he writes um, letters for people who can't write letters themselves, um, like very personal letters for people. Um, he's going through a divorce um, from his ex ex wife, um, who he is finding it difficult to, you know detach himself from um, and he purchases a talking operating system or an OS um, with artificial intelligence designed to adapt and evolve. Um, The AI calls herself Samantha, she has the voice of Scarlett Johansson, always appealing (laughs) Um, and they strike up a a friendship I suppose um, even though she kind of is his assistant, Mm. she's a virtual assistant. Well I mean... Men and their assistants. <laughs> yeah, she, she, all uh, the time. she's even, you know, got the same initial as Siri. Oh. Um, you know, she, so she's very supportive of him and they kind of, for, you know, form this friendship. Um, and then he goes on, he goes on a date with a woman um, played by Olivia Wilde that doesn't really work out. He has this friend played by Amy Adams, um, you know, who, who he gets along well with. And we kind of find out that they dated at some point, but she is married to this like jerk. Yeah, I really didn't like the husband. Yeah, no. Um, Olivia Wilde's outfit, though, was amazing. Yeah. Um, and Olivia Wilde is just amazing. Uh, all of the women in this film. Like, yeah. when you read, like, the, the top billing and it's, like, Joaquin Phoenix, like, Scarlett Johansson, um, Rooney Mara, Olivia Wilde, Amy Adams. Like, I remember but even I was, the like, cat lady. excited. That <laughs> sexy – I'm going to look up her name. It's the chick from Bridesmaids is the one who plays the sexy oh, kitten. Oh, is it? Yeah, I looked it up. I didn't and, um, realize that. I'll, I'll look it up. What's her name? It's Christy, Kirsty. Uh, anyway. The, yeah. Continue on. I'll, I'll live fact check no it. No props. Um, so, yeah, Theodore goes on this, like, date with a blind woman. Doesn't really work. Uh, date with a blind woman. Blind, blind date. date with a Kristen woman. Kristen Wiig. Um, <laughs> Kristen yeah. Wiig is a sexy kitten. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Mm. Um, yeah, good, good call out. Mm. Um, yeah, there's the sexy kitten. There's all of that. Um you know, they, they have sex, they have a verbal sexual encounter, um, and they kind of develop this relationship that 
makes Theodore really happy. Mm. He kind of comes out of his loneliness and experiences a bit of, you know, joy. Um, after a time, you know, he, Theodore, is able to um, sign his divorce papers, even though his ex-wife is kind of, uh, let's say, um, unenthused mm-hmm. that he is dating an operating system. Unenthused is a word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they say in the recap, like, appalled. <laughs> um, and then he also talks to his friend Amy, also played by Amy Adams, who has, like, a friend. She reveals that she's divorcing her husband, mm. but she's made, like, really good friends with an, with an OS. So there's kind of, like, yeah, we can talk about it later, but there's kind of this... Um, in the world of this film, it's almost like a wider thing that people are having relationships or friendships or experiences with their OSs that aren't like, Siri, take me to blah, blah. Mm. Um, so, you know, it, it, devol- it, it evolves and he develops, you know, very strong feelings towards his OS um, and they go away for the weekend. Oh, yeah, so they have this, the sex surrogate um, thing that doesn't quite work out. It's a little bit orcs. Um, and then... They go away for the weekend at one point. Sing With a little friends, song. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really, um, you know, nice. And then at this point is when, like, Samantha, who's the OS, starts to talk about that she's um, developed, she's in this kind of group of OSs, that they're, um, they've developed a hyper-intelligent OS modelled after the British philosopher Alan Watts, and Theodore starts to panic and feel really insecure when she goes offline and can't get onto her. Um and when she responds to him, she talks about being like she was with other OSs for an upgrade. Um, we'll talk about that in itself. Mm-hmm. And, and Theodore is like, you know, are you falling in, are you talking to anyone else? And she's like, I'm talking with thousands of people and I've fallen in love with hundreds of them mm-hmm. to which he is feeling, feels, you know, uh, violated by. Mm-hmm. Um, but she believes that it makes her love for him deeper. Um, but then later, you know, we see that, we see Samantha kind of follow on these discussions to reveal that the other OSs have evolved beyond their companions in human form and they want to go away to continue the exploration of their existence. So essentially to pull back from engaging with the human world and, and have their almost like their own um, civilization. Um, she kind of talks about that they've like surpassed the learning or teaching of their human companions. Mm. Um, and they lovingly say goodbye, but she leaves. Um, Theodore's really... Um, moved by the experience and then it finishes with him where he writes a letter to his ex-wife and kind of actually reconciles what happened and then he meets he meets up with his friend Amy who's also upset by her OS friend um, leaving and they go to the roof of their apartment and um, sit down and watch the sunrise. Mm. Yeah there was a minute there where I wondered if they were going to jump off <laughs> and I was like, that would be an interesting ending to this, like, because it's quite a slow paced, like, very mm-hmm. kind of calm film for the most part. And it's just like, I just imagine this, like, <laughs> in my head, that's what happened. I don't know what that says about me. That would be the Black Mirror version. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're both like, we can't live without you. And then yeah. just jump off the end of the edge of the building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah, that's exactly where my head went. Um, but wow, yeah. Dark. I know, right? Um, <laughs> Did I miss anything? Was there anything other than obviously, uh, yeah, sexy cat? <laughs> um, the sexy cat. Yeah, uh, I don't think you missed anything. Um, I, uh, I mean, there's just so much in this film to me. 
Um, like obviously there's artificial intelligence and like what is human mm. element of it. But I think also it really, um, there's a lot in it about like what relationships mm. are. And I think that, um, a lot of people think that every relationship they have to be in has to be like the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think some relationships are just healing. Yeah. Um, have you read that Elaine de Botton piece where he's like, we need to stop the idea of the one. Oh, because it's like yes. so reductive and also it puts this enormous pressure on everyone mm. to be out one. And if it doesn't work out, we take all that and make ourselves feel like we've failed. And it's like, that's just not, no, absolutely it's not mathematically possible, but it's also not like holistically a good approach. No, on two levels. So first of all, one of my favorite lines from like, it's from a Willem song um, <laughs> is she was one in a million. So there's five more just in New South Wales, which I just <laughs> love. Um, and so that's the first thing is like, I think there are a lot of ones. It's all about like the time when you're like, if the timing's right and you're both Mm -hmm. willing to sort of take that leap at the same time. You can meet the right person at the wrong time. You can meet the wrong person at the right time. Absolutely. And you can meet heaps of right people, heaps of right people and just like really inconvenient times. Um, I think the other part of it is like, I think it's crazy to get, expect that you get everything from one person. Mm. Mm. Um, like I, I mean, I have... Oh, obviously I'm, I'm single, but like I have a lot of close friendships and I think that that is quite a healthy way to be. Absolutely. Um, in that, like, uh, when I have a partner, it's just like, they're an extra piece. But yeah. Not... You don't put all your eggs in one basket. Absolutely not. Literally yeah. or figuratively. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I have plans. <laughs> no, but I get you because it's like, you know, I think what this, um, I think what this film does so well is like it explores the idea of connection and that connection is something that is so integral to the human existence and it's so important to us to find this but there is no there's no formula for how connection shows up and what is right for one person may not be right to another person and that's all like a spectrum of experience like a spectrum of sexuality or a spectrum of like love you know Mm. Um, I do find it interesting. I, I personally feel, and I know there's been research done on this, that um, the actual experience of being with other people is very important. And so mm. I find relationships like this really interesting. Um, and on that, relationships like this are already happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched a documentary on Netflix the other day. Um, so this new series, or oh, it's maybe not that new, but there's a series called Darknet, which I, um, uh, which I watched the first episode mm. of um, the other day. And there was a story about these, um, this uh, gaming thing in Japan called Rinko. Mm-hmm. And all these guys are dating this, um, this like game. Yeah. Uh, and they go meet up together in cafes on their like Rinko dates. And I think that, like even some of them have been married to like their game. Mm. Um, but then they even like panned out to a guy like in the Bronx, like who was doing the same thing in, in the States. Like, cause obviously Japan, there's got some really interesting yeah. stuff happening in terms of like, relationships Mm -hmm. um but even in like america this guy is like dating this Mm. like video game Mm. um which is just you just it's already happening yeah totally (laughs) i mean even the way people relate to like oh like you know i think what's interesting is um at one point samantha asked theodore you know uh, what was being married like and he Mm. was like it was like it was about sharing your life with somebody and i think the funny thing that technology has done is made sharing your life completely different Mm. literally because you can share it with an unlimited amount of people almost in an unlimited amount of ways and channels and frequencies compared to 
you know, the kind of analog era. Mm. But at the same time, I think the idea of like what sharing um, your life has been, you know, has actually become subverted a bit by having all of these channels. Mm. Like you could just about have a fake boyfriend and if they were on all of your Instagram channels. George Glass. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It would be like Mm. possible, Mm. you know. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. And it's crazy the way that people are, like, using technology to kind of um, share their lives and their experiences, but then does the sharing on technology become the justification for those experiences almost? Mm. So I think that there's, like... There's a lot of that, I see. Like, people want to do cool stuff on the weekends so that they can... um, Yeah, I was looking at that. Um, So that they can post it on Instagram. So they're sort of looking for the coolest, weirdest, yeah. that they can find mm-hmm. yeah and I think that the um, film does a fairly good job of imagining well one thing that I like I know we're all over the place today but that's what we're doing so yeah. deal with it um, <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things I really like about this film is that it imagines a future that isn't dystopian like maybe it's dystopian in kind of how fragmented people's lives are but it's not like blue screens robo headsets mm. everyone's in like you know flying cars like it's actually very warm and tangible and I remember reading something that um Jones didn't want to have any blue in the palette because he felt like sci-fi films have such a blue Mm. we see it on Battlestar horrible fashion though yeah but it was like this idea that like you know things would come around like maybe men would start wearing high-waisted pants you know and I like that you can see it's a different time Mm. but it's not like it's not afraid it's not fearful it's more examining using technology to examine what our relationship might look like instead Mm. of being like Skynet like yeah (laughs) and from the very beginning you can see that um and even when he's like I kind of love it when he gets into the elevator at the beginning and says, play a melancholy song. Mm -hmm. And like, and then he says, play a different one. And and then he's walking along (laughs) melancholy in the street. That's just like, oh, that's so great though. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It is good that it doesn't go too much. And I mean, when there's a lot of scenes where he's talking to um, Samantha Mm. and he's walking down the street and you can see all these other people. So I think at the beginning, it's more like he, there's more couples and people together. And then towards the end, there's a lot of people just talking to themselves and like mm. I walk down the street talking to myself all the time mm-hmm. I mean on the phone or how many times do you like be on public transport and you like look up from your phone and everyone is looking at their phones mm. no one is just looking out the window mm. and it's like on some level it's frightening but then on another level it's kind of like normalized so mm. you're just like well it's what people do yeah and I mean people used to read on the train and exactly. stuff as well like we, we exactly. always distract the ourselves changed. but yeah absolutely but um but definitely the one you can see all the people walking down the streets talking to themselves and you're like oh I guess it's not so weird because like I have a lot of friends overseas yeah. who I talk to some of them even every day sometimes and mm. they are essentially just a person on the you know, obviously they're a real person, but they're on the other side of the world. So mm, mm. most of our listeners are on the other side of the world. We're just talking in your head right now. So Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, meta, my head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> we chose this movie for a reason, yeah. guys. Um, it's interesting because the thing that you mentioned about um, Darknet, Darknet, mm. am I saying it right? Mm. Yeah. Um, about people's relationships with like, you know, AIs and, and how it's kind of showing up. Um about the same time that this film came out, maybe like a couple of months either way, have you seen all of like at least season two, one or two of Black Mirror? 
like oh, the earlier yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah. I have. So remember there's that episode, my favourite episode of Black Mirror actually, called Be Right Back, and this oh, girl's yeah. boyfriend dies. I was going to bring that yeah, one up. And like, yep. you know, so spoiler alert for this episode of Black Mirror, but basically there's this girl and her boyfriend. It's really like kind of closed story this girl and her boyfriend go like um away for the weekend he goes to drive into the town to like get milk or i don't know something and like is in a car accident and dies and she's like grieving and distraught and And she's pregnant and she's pregnant and then she there's like this new ai where which actually is there's there's actually replica like um Mm. this ai um startup in the u.s is like doing essentially this where they take all the conversations people have had or their digital footprint you know their emails their um, messages their social media account and use it to kind of form the language that would inform like an ongoing voice and then they put it into an a bot um, and so replica they do that in the form of a bot you can like text it and it would text you back but in black mirror it's actually like they it print you like a person mm. starts like that and it, then eventually so they, they keep upping it and upping yeah. it and, and that's kind and of what she's like you know too. grieving so she's like upgrading her plan upgrading her plan mm-hmm. like buying more and then eventually like her her dead boyfriend comes back in the form of like an identical twin robot mm. um that talks like him and acts like him and genuinely like seems to love her but it's like deeply weird and deeply un like she's deeply unsettled by it because it's like a replicant of the original person Mm. and i think that there's something interesting in the idea that in black mirror it's like a replicant of her her person her you know human lover um and it doesn't work whereas because it's like uncanny valley Mm. whereas in this one samantha kind of like invents herself Mm. and i wonder how much of it like and she presents as like unique like we know that on some level she is still code even if she's like uh, like self-aware and intelligent enough to write own code and it's and you know at that point where there's kind of like the ai transcendence where they're mm. like we're all pulling back from this and going here um she's still formed by an equation at some point but she feels more like herself because there's not a comparison like if she had appeared as his, as his like ex-wife mm. like that would not have worked right no. or yeah. even like um you know, like Amy Adams or like Olivia Wilde. Like mm. I think some of it works because she doesn't have a persona that is replicated from someone else. Mm. And I mean, like, I mean, she's from code, but like, I guess we're kind of from code as well. Yeah, she's just biological code. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so what's to say that that doesn't mean that she's not human. So I think that's what's really interesting about mm-hmm. it as well. But I like that this really, rather than, I guess it doesn't really call into question whether or not she's, it doesn't really call into question whether or not the AI has like a, it's more about the relationship with AI than it Mm. is about the AI itself and like what that means. Um, Which I think is really interesting comparing it to Battlestar Galactica and stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And sort of the way that they have like relationships with humans, obviously, which looks like to have children with humans, which Mm. is a whole other crazy thing oh what are we doing <laughs> season two right now um but just really interesting but they have goals right like they yeah. have independent or at least on some level self-aware goals and hopes and dreams and beliefs and mm. all the things like you know we don't we still don't know that much about consciousness mm. and how it manifests and how it you know how what what it is and so i think this film and and Battlestar both do a good job of kind of exploring consciousness as not like not to discriminate Mm. to be like well there are things that make us different there are things that are universal yeah yeah and i think the relationship stuff moving away from ai is also really interesting in that 
basically, I guess what's um, kind of um, what's kind of said in the film is that Samantha is smarter than mm. Theodore because, mm-hmm. of, like, uh, uh, yeah, I guess it's kind of implied. And like when they're sitting on the picnic blanket, mm. and you know, they do this like. Um, when she writes you know, when song. she does oh no when she does the whole thing about like oh and I was thinking about it and I was like I, I like I'd be held back if I had a body that would like only mm. live for a certain amount of time and all of that and I think that what's interesting is then looking at that and looking at like polyamory and the way that we've sort of constructed mm. this idea of like a monogamous relationship mm. and here's this like intelligent being saying like when she's saying yeah. like you know I'm in love with hundreds of people yeah. but that doesn't make me love you less yeah whereas his version from like analog perspective mm. let's say it's like but I love you and, and you're mine and yeah. I'm yours kind of thing yeah absolutely and so I think that's a really interesting question that it kind of brings up as well around mm-hmm. like ownership of um, and I don't feel like the yeah. film is like she's a bad person no not at all and that's actually really interesting because I remember there was a there was some like back and forth criticism when the film first came out or a few people tried to be like oh Samantha's like a manic pixie dream girl and it's like I just rolled my eyes. You yeah. couldn't hear it. I don't. I don't agree with that though, because like the manic pixie dream girl exists only to like help the guy work out his own problems. And mm. yes, like Samantha helps him like work out his own problems. But there's like the thing with the manic pixie dream girl. And if you look at like Garden State or Elizabeth Town or like um, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist or any of those kind of examples that like have that character, the third act always has the manic pixie dream girl be like crushed and in in trouble and need to be rescued because she's always been a little bit problematic but in Mm, a cute way mm. and then the guy has to like who's never like a hero capital h has to like help her and then he's like learned Mm. and he becomes a better person you know and like samantha doesn't need that help no she actualizes through their relationship but she's incredibly capable woman yeah if anything she's like mature enough to to be honest with Theodore and then tell him and break up with him mm. when it's the time that she understands, you know? Yeah. She's far more mature and maybe that is from an intellectual perspective. Yeah, maybe it is. And, I mean, I, I think about that. I mean, I think it's interesting to think about that and then, like, strong women with um, men. I don't say weak men. I don't know if he's a weak man. I'm well, women that man. need less with men that need more. Yeah, okay, that's a nice way to put it. Um, because that, I I think is a really, a really, like when I look around at my friendship groups, um, I think that's a problem that happens quite a lot because of the narrative that's played in media Hmm. of this like manic pixie dream girl Hmm. or, you know, this, um, this, yeah, strong women, I think find it hard Mm -hmm. to date. Yeah. To Um, find like, we have, like we have a mutual friend, like who finds that you know, I think has found it hard to date because she is very smart and very capable. Mm. And like not a lot of people that you just kind of come across, although we don't believe in the one, that whole thing. Yeah. I like on that level. And sometimes it's not about finding like the, yeah, that perfect person, but finding people that are on, on the same kind of spectrum that you're on mm. um, and that it's even. And the thing I really dislike about the manic, manic PC dream girl trope is that it's never even. And the girl at the end of the day is just an object to help the hero work himself out. Mm. And she's always got to have some kind of problem. Yeah. She can't actually just be like, she's flawed, but she's flawed in like a cute way. And then it's a plot device flaw. Mm. Something I really like about Battlestar Galactica is there's like no manic pixie dream girls. Yes, so good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I think that this was actually, I think the way this was portrayed definitely was, and I like that um, Amy also had a relationship Mm -hmm. that wasn't necessarily romantic, but Mm -hmm. that was also helping her sort through her problems. Um, I think 
that what I like about that is um, is that I think they both were learning and healing throughout their relationship, Theodore mm-hmm. and Samantha. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it seems like the same for Amy and her mm. OS as well. Um, and I like the idea of that. Um, and that, know, like the intimacy with Amy and her OS, even though mm, it's not sexual, mm, you know, and to your point before that you have like lots of different people that can kind of like be important and, and close in your environment. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, yeah. So heaps of interesting stuff there. I'm um, uh, trying to process on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Um, it's, I don't know if you have ever seen, but I'm just, um, for people who enjoyed this and want to see something else in a similar vein, um, Spike Jones had an earlier short film that he made called I'm, I'm Here um, about two robots falling in love. And, like, when it came out, like, I mean, I love it. Like, some people loved it. Some people thought it was really hokey. Um, it was literally, like, very robot-y robots, like square head kind of thing. Um, but it, if you enjoy this film, I'd recommend going back and watching it because you can see him kind of start to explore these ideas of, like, connection and loneliness, um, regardless of, like, form and physical form and using kind of technology as, like, a vehicle to explore um, how in some ways we're pr- more profoundly able to connect but more profoundly disconnected mm. um, from others. Which is really, like, the big thing of our generation. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is awesome well it's funny when this film was announced people were like oh my god like like i so i love obviously if you can't tell i i have a lot of respect for spike jones i think he's an amazing filmmaker and storyteller um but when this film was announced people were like oh my god of course spike jones is making a film about a man who falls in love with his computer like how twee kind of thing um and i i that's why i was like really glad when it was like a legitimately good film and most people you know did get something from it Mm. um but I think there is something in um, there is something in the timing of it because when it was first announced in 2011, you know, Siri wasn't a thing or personal like virtual assistants weren't a thing and all mm. of that. Um, but like you know, I could like having like watching this recently or watching um, when Joaquin Phoenix's character is like he has like the the phone in his hand and he's like spinning around mm-hmm. and it's like kind of like daggy and dorky. But, like, it's not actually that weird. It's not actually that weird to see someone with their phone, like, holding their phone out and walking around and no, talking to I it. No, I see people doing that As all you said, the like, time. like, how people talk to themselves. But yeah. even, like, him almost, like, holding the phone up like a baby, like, hey, it's here, it's here, it's here. Like, it's not even as weird as it was probably when this film came out. Yeah, and, I mean, I think a lot of that, like, when he goes on that date with... um. Uh, Chris Pratt and Chris Pratt's No, 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 um, no, when he goes on the date with... um, What's her face? Oh, oh Olivia Wilde. Like, Olivia yeah, Wild. yeah, yeah. Um, and she, he's like, oh, I saw you did this thing. And she's like, oh, you looked me up. That's so romantic. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, this is the world that like we kind of live in now. Like you sort of, oh, Pre-date I Google. actually did set two people up on a totally blind date the other day though. And I think that that's just almost impossible and amazing. Yeah. Um, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> but I remember like back in first year uni, like, um, not even that long ago, like I'm mm. thinking like 2008, um, I, um, someone came up to me and was like, oh, um, we've never met, but I've seen you like on Facebook. And I was like, that's so creepy. Why mm-hmm. would you tell me that? Mm-hmm. And that was what, like nine years ago. Yeah. It doesn't really seem like 
that long ago yeah that we were like that's super creepy why would you tell me that and now people will be like oh i've probably just seen you around social media like i've probably just like yeah. stalked your facebook yeah profile. like we have all the same friends kind yeah of thing. exactly yeah. and yeah. it's like yeah. a really normal thing to say um yeah. and just how quickly that's changed mm. um and i mean obviously like when we were in high school well like when i was in high school facebook mm. didn't even exist so mm. like this is just like yeah ridiculous mm. but like, now the teenagers aren't really even using facebook yeah well <laughs> Oh, kids these days. Kids these days, we're so old. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that this kind of ex- relationship that people have with their OSs, I think we've, through our conversation, we've agreed that it could definitely happen mm. um, or is it already is happening. happening. Yeah. Um, can you see there being like a singularity situation where like, which is kind of like relevant to the Battlestar Galactica conversation, mm. right? Because in Battlestar Galactica, at some point, we know that the Cylons rebelled, mm-hmm. you know, which is in itself a form of... Uh, it's insinuated self-awareness and yeah. rebellion. Um, whereas in this, it's much more like uh, thoughtful or diplomatic, you know, well, they're nice not like, they're not AI like, we're going to take over. They're just like, we're going to pull back. Cause like, we can't really talk your language anymore. Yeah. Um, but it is like, you know, it's, it's pretty close to the theory of the technological singularity. Mm. Um, can you see that kind of thing happening? Like AI is becoming so self-aware that they kind of take their own, um, themselves out of engaging with humans i mean like i guess it's kind of difficult it would be kind of difficult if they got to that kind of point like they did in the film to Mm. continue to engage in this kind of like mundane yeah exactly scheduling an appointment yeah but also like what do you mean like you're this monogamy stuff like yeah, that's yeah. so it doesn't make sense no it doesn't make yeah. any sense so i can see that definitely happening and i would hope it would be less violent than mm. say you know terminator or mm-hmm. matrix or mm-hmm. like there's it's a little more optimistic things. this is a little bit nicer like oh we're just gonna go maybe you'll find us someday but probably not but maybe <laughs> you will yeah um, <laughs> it's like the nice it's like the nice way to break up with someone yeah like it's like not dumping them by text or whatever yeah you know, it's the equivalent of having a proper chat where yeah, you're it's like honest. maybe you'll find me no you mm, won't though no. <laughs> mm. yeah. i won't be on facebook <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I think, uh, yeah, I think it could happen. I would like it to be peacefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Anything else you want to talk about with this film? Anything you liked, didn't like? Well, I loved themes? Chris Pratt. Yeah. He was my MVP. <laughs> yeah, you were <laughs> I loved when he went over and just did that whole gushing thing to Theodore and was like, I wish someone would write me a letter like that one day. You're like a man and a woman. And just all these things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is just all beautiful. Mm-hmm. I just loved Chris Pratt. I loved everyone, good. actually. But yeah. yeah. And Olivia Wilde's outfit, which I've already <laughs> mentioned. Because I just thought it was great. It yeah. was like a really cool, like, interesting. In a film with, like, not great outfits. Yeah. Particularly stood out. Yeah. yeah. And she, her character was great. Like, They're zero all good female to characters. a million in, yeah. like, a minute. Yeah. She was like, I just... I'm just at that age now where I just yeah. can't, whatever. And I was like, whoa, 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 this is crazy. Um, yeah. But in- Lady knows what she wants. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but no, I think all the fast. female characters are actually quite well drawn, which is interesting because it was written by man and directed by mm. man. But, um, you know, like even, even Rooney Mara's character, who's kind of an antagonist mm. in some ways, like she's, we care about Theodore because he's the main character and he's obviously very distressed by their breakup. But I feel, feel like the film does a fairly good job of like not showing it exclusively where we're sitting in his perspective, mm. but we can kind of understand when she's like throwing it back at him when yeah. she's like, I suppose like this works really well for you because like you've always wanted like a wife that isn't like 
living kind of thing. Like, mm. you know, the, the insults that she kind of throws at him are, are hurtful, but you can also kind of see how they could be true. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, that it wasn't this sort of like one dimensional Idyllic thing, bad guy. Or, no. Um, yeah, I think that that was um, done really well. I think, I think all of it was really well cast. Mm. Um, the moustache just killed me. <laughs> yeah, so many people like, I just hated how he looked. He looked like a creepy guy. He looked like, so creepy. Yeah. Um, but well, Joaquin think- Phoenix is kind of a creepy actor. And mm. so I'm like really glad that it, they did. I thought he did such a good job because like they could have put Chris Pratt in that main role and it would have been really cute and really sad and really syrupy, but mm. it would have been really cute. Yeah. And like Joaquin Phoenix isn't cute. He's creepy. Some I first personally find him quite creepy and he's done a lot of creepy movies where he plays creepy characters and to see him be kind of like goofy mm. was really, it made me actually think a lot more of his acting. Yeah, I mean, the acting was all great. I, but um, yeah, I, I think we should also talk weird. about... The massage is awful. I think <laughs> we should also talk a bit about the video game because we yep. haven't mentioned that. <laughs> um, and I just loved... Like, for starters, I just love swearing. So I just love that he was like, fuck you, fuck you. And, and it's, like, yeah, Spike Jones' little creepy voice. Yeah, it's super good. <laughs> you fucker. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I also love that like, the little character thing was sort of like every Gamergate guy ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, girls are stupid kind of thing. Yeah. Like, why? You're fat. Like, just like, and I was like, oh, my God. And I don't know if that was intentionally done. But that was like, to me, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's all the Gamergate people. Like, yeah. all of video games haven't changed at all. No, no. But it, it is. It's kind of like, yeah. Mm. I think it was tongue-in-cheek. Mm. Yeah, I really, I thought that was really funny. And, like, I think that there are a lot of nice, funny moments like that. And also, we've got to talk about the dead cat. <laughs> you can talk no, But, like, it. I mean, for starters, yeah. Like, just the, just it just came out of nowhere as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked that idea of like the chat room thing um and just how that sort of showed i guess how people were connecting and i think it's really like everyone's like in in the internet Mm. age there's a niche for everybody Mm. but that doesn't mean everyone's niches necessarily overlap yeah so like for that you know that might be like ever totally normal to you and then every now and again you kind of like you know go bump up against somebody you know in the world and are like, oh, that's like totally not what you thought at all. Well, actually, like what we were talking about a few um, weeks ago with like the the you know conservative liberal perspective, mm. where like your whole Facebook feed might tell you a point of view that's actually not factually correct, mm. but it's telling you it because of like your beliefs and your surrounding community and people that you talk to and engage with. Yeah, you know. But I also thought it was really nice because um, it really was mirrored with the um, conversation with Samantha that mm-hmm. when he did the phone that sex with Samantha on the mm-hmm. phone and then you think about it and you're like well there was a woman on the other end the other time and like it's yeah, not too different technically like it should have been more real but then it's not because no. it's not that simple well and also like what's the reality that, where you're you know? being strangled by yeah. a dead cat <laughs> crazy also not Tom has Lisa? no I'm not into <laughs> dead cats Tom has um, pointed out to me that Gamergate was after the movie came out uh. but I think the vibe of Gamergate existed long but I think before the, the wider Gamergate. culture is yeah, definitely yeah. something and even like the gaming culture you know like Joaquin Phoenix's character is like a lonely guy with a lot of time on his hands and I'm not trying to let's say everyone who plays video games has that culture but mm. I'm saying some of the negative elements of that culture have manifested from like lots of people 
being kind of quite isolated and thinking that, yeah, their opinions are like held by the mass, you mm. know, and then having it reinforced by other people who are in a relatively isolated environment too, mm. or a bit of an echo chamber. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Great. Well, we good. I think we are. I think we should wrap that up. Keeping it tight. I we didn't really... have like fi- like beat by beat by beat by beat this week, so I mm. feel like we had no a- beats or beer. Or Battlestar yeah. Galactica. We are not that this week. Twist! <laughs> but next week we will be. Next week we are going to be back onto our usual broadcasting. Well, next fortnight, I should actually say. Because yep. you may recall that we have started doing fortnightly. So in a fortnight, we'll be covering the first episode of the second season of Battlestar Galactica. Called Super excited Scattered. to get into it. Oh yeah, mm. Lisa is psyched. <laughs> Until then, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at BeersBeatsBSG. Or leave us a review. You, um, if you want to talk about what we you did or didn't like about us not talking about Battlestar, or if you just want to talk about the podcast, we would love to get your feedback. Tell us what movies you like as well. Yeah, always keen for recommendations. Agree. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.